Hello, welcome to the next installment of the uh, series on uh, recovery issues. Uh, we take a different topic related to uh, recover, recovery each week. Uh, this is uh, the broad sense of recovery, recovery from uh, mental illnesses, from addictions, from unhealthy attachments, um, other things that may trouble us. And uh, you can even think of of every every human being, in a sense, being in recovery uh, because of our our fallen human nature. Uh, even though we are redeemed by Christ, we do struggle. We have uh, issues that we continue to need to work on. And so, uh, as as we're growing in sanctification and holiness, uh, hopefully. Uh, through God's grace, then we can work on these recovery issues together. Um, today, our topic has to do with codependency, and uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. I hope, hope you might enjoy this particular topic today. It's a popular term. Um, but as, as we get started, we always like to uh, become centered and uh, in prayer and the Holy Spirit so that we can be open to hearing this uh, information and to be able to focus on it. Um, and in order to do that, it's good for us to uh, take a moment of stillness and, and silence and quiet uh, to allow the concerns of our day to slip away, uh, to let the distractions and the noise go because we live in such a noisy world. Uh, it's good for us to make some, some space for uh, the Holy Spirit to speak uh, to us to open to open ourselves up to that possibility that uh, that we may have a conversion experience through some information and self-reflection that that uh, may move in us. So uh, let's take a few moments of stillness and quiet now uh, to put our focus on this uh, brief program today, uh, and then we will have the opening prayer, which we can say together. Uh, if you're following along in the video on the screen. So why don't we pray together in the name of the Father, and then of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we call upon you now to join us in this session, in this meeting, in a special way. We ask for your wisdom and your healing. Encourage us and inspire us with clear thinking, understanding, and truth, and fill us with the deep and satisfying fire of your love. Amen. Name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Very good. So uh, some of you may be listening on the podcast. Some of you may be watching on the YouTube channel. Uh, so the YouTube channel, I think, 
is Dr. Ken Grazia Plana. The podcast is Encounter with Dr. Ken. Uh, the podcast is available on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify should about cover it, I think. Um, so uh, last time, last week, we talked about slips, falls, and relapses. That was our recovery issues topic last time. Hope you enjoyed it. If you tuned in, uh, we, we talked about the definition or distinction between a slip or a fall and a, and a full relapse that slips and falls uh, may be brief indiscretions, uh, missing the mark, uh, sins, they still can be sins. Uh, but the but a relapse kind of refers to a full relapse where I've just left, I left the recovery program, I've, I've given up, I've pulled out, um, maybe I'm frustrated, uh, and so I stop going to meetings, I stop going to counseling, uh, I go back into the compulsive uh, or, or the unhealthy behaviors, whatever those might be, uh, and that's kind of a full relapse is stepping away from recovery, hopefully for not too long. Uh, the good news is people can recover and do recover from slips and falls and relapses. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, it's important for us to have a view of these things as an expected part of the recovery process, that, that it's so common that people get in recovery and it's not like, wow, bam, magic, they just make a complete 360. Now, that could happen, of course. Um, God certainly could uh, do a miracle like that in our lives, um, that we just immediately turn away from the old behaviors, the old ways. Uh, and if that happens, thanks be to God for that. Um, but more, more often than not, uh, we're moving in the right direction through our recovery, gradually getting there. Uh, the trend is kind of up in the right direction. Uh, over time, even if we have some setbacks here and there. Uh, and so it's good for a person that's early, new to recovery to, to recognize that um, it's not just going to be an easy path, that there may be challenges along the way, and so we should be prepared and anticipate those. Um, we want to expect success. We don't want to predict that a person's going to fail. We never should do that. Um, we should always expect and hope for and pray for success. Uh, we want to limit any temptations uh, uh, that would take us back to those old behaviors. Um, as it says in the 12-step community, we want to um, we want to sometimes change people, places, and things that may uh, drag us back to slips and falls and relapses. So we want to expect success. We want to work towards success and set up our environment for success. Uh, but we have to be prepared for temptations and the possibility of slips, falls, and relaxes, relapses. <laughs> um, we want to learn, the most important thing, we want to learn from any slip, fall, or relapse. So if somebody comes in and tells me, hey, Dr. Ken, I messed up, um, I, I will try to quickly move them into a discussion about what happened and what we can learn from it and what we can uh, adjust in the, in the treatment plan or the recovery plan um, what changes we can make to avoid that happening the next time. We want to be future-oriented. We don't want to uh, wallow in shame and uh, 
you know, feeling rotten and like a failure and so forth because of slips, falls, and relapses. We want to uh, we want to learn and move on quickly uh, with confidence in um, God's graces to help us. Um, if we have slips, falls, and relapses, that that may very well mean that we've fallen into sin uh, through our behavior. And so, uh, those of us that are Catholic, we go to the sacrament of confession of reconciliation. Um, and we confess these sins with a priest and receive absolution in Jesus' name. Uh, as he instructed in, in the scriptures, that we can be reconciled to him, reconciled to the community in these ways, and and uh, and reconciled to ourselves also through that, that beautiful sacrament that, that imparts grace. It imparts grace to us receiving this sacrament. Uh, it helps us to be fortified and protected uh, and strengthened. Uh, to avoid temptation in the future, um, which is a good thing. So let's go on to codependency. Uh, we're just going to do a quick look at codependency today. Each time we have these topics, you know, you could spend hours and hours, probably have a whole course on each topic that we cover, but we just try to keep it, you know, short so that you can take the information in, consider it, maybe go off on your own and explore a little bit more talk to your therapist about it, talk to talk to your 12-step group about what you're learning on these topics uh, and, and make good use of this little bit of information. So let's see what we can learn about codependency today. Um, so in this, in this word codependency, we have the term dependency and, uh, and, and it's a relational word uh, when we're talking about this term, these ideas, the, these things have to do with relationship. Um, relationships are good. Relationship, relationships are beautiful. Like no other of God's creatures, um, the human species has an emphasis on interpersonal relationship. You could say that we're built that way. God created us in his image. Uh, God is a relational being. Um, he wants us to be in relationship to each other. He planted those desires deep into our heart the desire for intimacy, to be known, to be loved, and then to be able to love and know others uh, and, and to be intimate with them. So it's the way that we're created. It's the way that we're made. And 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 so you might say, well, it's good for us to depend on each other. Uh, it's good for us to be in relationship with each other. Um, uh, St. Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, I think chapter 12, he, he describes, you know, we are one body. He's describing the relationship of the members of the church. And he says it's such an intimate uh, community that when one of us hurts, we all hurt. Uh, and so the idea is that, yes, uh, we do want to be in close relationships with others. We don't. We just don't want to be off, independent, isolated on our own. It's not healthy for us to do that. Um, so we, we kind of start with this idea that relationships are good Um we, we want to have some connection with each other, but let's try to see how it might be healthy. Um, the, the beginning relationship is between an infant and the infant's parents. In fact, the, in the infant is completely dependent on the parents to stay alive. Um, other species that God created uh, when there's a, a new birth, sometimes those animals are able to fend for themselves more or less than they do. Uh, and humans, though, we're not like that. The infant depends on the parents to stay alive. 
uh, and then as they as they age and grow, of course, we can take care of ourselves. Hopefully, um, so so we start out dependent, um, but as we mature, perhaps we move away from that. Um, I love infants. I love to watch infants and how they interact, how they connect with uh, the parent or the adult that's uh, taking care of them. Um, but codependency has its origins, its roots in the 12-step recovery community. Uh, the 12-step uh, recovery, you may know, uh, started with Alcoholics Anonymous in the 1930s, uh, a very spiritual program of recovery. I talk about it a lot. Uh, and, and the 12-step uh, Alcoholics Anonymous program was initially for men uh, who were alcoholics, uh, there weren't many women involved uh, for a long time in, uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, but by the 1950s, uh, it was clear to those in recovery from alcoholism that the wives really needed some support, that the wives were struggling. Uh, sometimes their husbands were getting better, and, they, and then the wives were kind of trying to figure out how to adjust to that. They had, they had been dependent on what was going on so tuned in to what was going on with their husband and their, and their husband's behaviors uh, that they had this kind of unhealthy connection uh, in a sense to that. And so Al-Anon was formed uh, to give support to the wives of the alcoholics to help them with their healing and to help them with these relationship issues um, so that they weren't sabotaging the recovery of their husbands or enabling uh, the bad behavior of their husbands. Um, Al-Anon was helpful in that way to deal with some codependency issues. Um, also, it's interesting around the 1950s is when family systems theory was really evolving and developing in the world of psychology and psychiatry. Family systems uh, theory had to do with the, the dynamics and the workings, the mechanisms of the family. Um, and the roles that people play in their in their families, uh, and some of some of the interest came from uh, the families uh, that were dysfunctional, connected with alcoholism and drug issues, and so there was a little bit of overlap um, in recovery uh, from addictions and family systems and healthy fam developing healthy families and dealing with codependency issues. Um, the the codependency term, we, we see it kind of starting to pop up more in the 1980s, uh, where it, it kind of entered into graduate school discussions, university discussions, and, and uh, professional literature. Uh, but you see it expanding after the 80s um, and, and kind of evolving and developing so that it's not just referring to uh, the spouse of an addict. Um, but other types of relationships uh, could be uh, termed codependent or unhealthy. And so that, that's kind of where the field went. Um, unfortunately, codependency, after not too long after that, uh, began to be kind of misused and uh, broadened and uh, just unclear what it had to refer to. It could also, it could, it's almost as if, we could say any unhealthy relationship, you know, they would get that label of codependency slapped on it. Um, it it's, it's like many terms that kind of get a, adopted by the culture. You know, you hear the Hollywood uh, 
uh, Hollywood stars or, you know, they like to throw that, throw these pop psychology terms around uh, to the extent that uh, the, the meaning of them gets lost and, and uh, people are, are really absolutely kind of confused. Uh, pan, you know, panic attack is another one that's been happening recently that, you know, the, the, the young Hollywood stars describe any, any anxiety or any discomfort or any shyness as a panic attack, which is not, you know, how psychologists and psychiatrists talk about panic attacks. Similar thing with codependency. It's almost any unhealthy relationship is called codependency, and that's not exactly what we mean um, in the professional uh, mental health field. So let's get a good definition of codependency. Um, I like this one from Claudia Black, um, who's a famous uh, person in the recovery uh, community. Uh, she, she works in Arizona, but she's written some excellent books, um, and she also uh, has a lot of family systems background as well in her, in her work with people in recovery. Uh, so she, she would probably put it like this, codependency is an emotional disorder that causes someone to ignore their own needs while feeling compelled to fulfill the needs of others. He or she may forfeit their own well-being and values in the pursuit of pleasing the other person. So you, you get the picture of the, the person who's codependent being very tuned in um, to what's going on with that other significant person in their life, whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, whether it's a parent, a child, uh, a, a, part, a marriage partner, and so forth, uh, that that they're very tuned in what's going on and they react to what's going on with that person. If that person is depressed, then they may get depressed or they may panic because that person's depressed. Um, if that person is uh, drinking or falling down in their pornography use, then that person reacts to that um, in an unhealthy, un un unproductive, unhelpful way. So this is what we're talking about. Uh, when we talk about codependency. Uh, so let's see, what, where do we go? What, what, um, what are we trying to accomplish by cleaning up this, uh, this codependency that we may find in our relationships, in our history? What is the goal? Is the goal to be independent? Well, we, we know that in our culture, our culture really kind of preaches and, and encourages people to be so independent you know i don't i don't need anybody it's the attitude it's the attitude that uh, i'll take care of myself thank you very much uh it's the idea that um it's better for me it's safer for me to not uh, to not need anybody and so we have this kind of rugged individualism in our culture we have this unhealthy sense of independence um, is that what we're trying to accomplish in cleaning up uh, codependency issues no, I don't think so. I don't think that's really it. That that really isn't the goal to be uh, independent in this unhealthy way that our culture seems to want uh, to do right now. Um, we do we do want to try to have good emotional boundaries. Um, in codependency, we see unhealthy emotional boundaries. <clears throat> you might say that the person who's codependent is basing their self-esteem on their relationship and connection with that other person. Um, 
and and so we want we want them to have their their self-esteem have to do with themselves and not be dependent on what's going on with the other person uh, this this really means that in order to uh, recover from codependency a person needs a healthy sense of self to know who they are to be comfortable and confident in and who they are uh, to have their own identity that's not based on other people and what's going on with them not based on impressing other people um, not based on material wealth um, or or their job or other things but but a, a sense of who they are in God uh, our best identity is being a child of God our, our correct self-esteem comes from that and how God made us uh, as good as good people um, to, to recognize those things about us that are true and good and that are that are eternal uh, not so much those things that are just temporary in this in this world. Uh, that healthy sense of self is critical for us developing good emotional boundaries to not be so codependent. You might think uh, not so much um, independence, but interdependence. Uh, perhaps the goal that we should be shooting for is interdependence. What does that mean? Interdependence is... Uh, a relationship of deep intimacy, um, yet not codependent, because uh, each person in the relationship has a well-formed identity or sense of self. Um, each person in the relationship is able to be autonomous, but they desire to be together with the other person. They want to be with the other person. They, they want to be in relationship. They want to be intimate. Um, but if they had to, they could survive on their own, and that's an important distinction. Um, we find people that are interdependent can be very loyal and committed to relationships um, in a healthy way. Uh, we see them being open and honest in their interactions, their relationships, and not, uh, not being defensive and protective um, as they have an interdependent relationship. So we look at that interdependence as perhaps uh, the healthy goal that we want to shoot for. Um, so what can we do to work on um, resolving codependent issues and to, to move toward um, interdependence and healthy relationships? Well, the 12-step community offers some good options for us. Um, like I said, the very first uh, uh, thing to evolve uh, from Al Alcoholics Anonymous is called Al-Anon, that was for the spouses of the alcoholics. Um, Al-Anon is still a very helpful, effective program uh, for those family members of the alcoholics. Um, there's also adult children of alcoholics, which, which came along a little bit later after Al-Anon. Um, many people find adult children of alcoholics 12-step uh, meetings uh, in literature extremely helpful for them. There's good books, classic books on adult children of alcoholics. Um, and so I would encourage you, if that's your situation, to consider that. Uh, there's another 12-step uh, another group called Codependent Anonymous, CODA, and that's specifically a 12-step program to work on codependence, uh, codependency issues. Um, then there's also, like I said, some really good books, uh, uh, a very classic, popular one, Codependent No Bore by uh, Claudia Black, whom I mentioned earlier. And then Boundaries by Henry Cloud is a, a, a classic book on healthy boundaries. 
Um, and then, of course, codependency issues are something that uh, almost every mental health counselor has dealt with and deals with um, in their counseling work. Uh, healthy relationships, healthy boundaries. This is just common ground uh, for nearly all therapists today. So that's our quick overview on codependency for your consideration. Um, on the Grazia Plena website, we have some different resources that might be of interest to you. Some resources for COVID, some resources for um, uh, working on chastity issues. A lot of people that tune into this program are, are uh, working on issues like pornography and masturbation and infidelity and things like this. Um, unhealthy attachments, and so there's a few good resources uh, for chastity issues on our website at this link here, graziaplanacounseling.org slash resources, or if you're watching on the video, you can shoot the QR code with your, your phone camera. Um, each, each time we have these meetings, we like to close with a special prayer that you know, uh, a prayer given to us from Pope Leo XIII, and so let's close in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, the next time we get together next week, uh, we'll have a meeting covering stigma and shame. Uh, that is the coming topic, stigma and shame. So tune in to find out what that's all about. Um, and then finally, our last uh, thing that we always mention is that we give this program away free to the public. As many people that want to use it and share it as possible is great. Um, but if you feel so moved... Uh, to make a little donation, you can go to our donation payments page on the website, uh, graziaplanacounseling.org slash egiving, um, or you can shoot this QR code with your camera phone. It will take you there. You can make a credit card donation of 5 or $10. We would just be overjoyed uh, to have you uh, help us keep Grazia Plena and these kinds of programs going. So that's it for today. God bless you. Be safe. Stay healthy. Bye now.